Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. We have White Sox baseball tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. Last night, Dylan was dealing. While McCann and Nalloy brought the big bats down the Sox seven-game slide. Thank goodness. Tonight, game three against the Tribe in Cleveland. Jason Benetti, Steven Stone at the call. Top of the hour. You can stream that game on the My Teams app, which you need to download. Cubs are all better. Or maybe the Mariners just are really awful. Either way, Cubs take two from Seattle thanks to another homer from Big Stick Nick. And the lineup is healthier as well. So are they better. And we're just over 24 hours away from Bears football. Bears and Packers are the NFL's oldest rivalry to start the 100th season. So can Mitchell take the next step? Will the Bears defense lose a step after losing Vic Fangio? Does anybody have any idea what the Packers offense will look like? And welcome in to Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. Hope you had a really good day. I'm David Kaplan. Let's meet the panel for today's show. I've got two football <laughs> experts here. He's Kevin Fishbane. He's Patrick Finley. And we are going to dissect this amazing matchup on the lakefront on Thursday evening. But we'll start with some baseball first. White Sox go to work tonight while the Cubs take a day off. The Cubs, though, yesterday needed a win and had a very inferior opponent that they were taking on in the Seattle Mariners. 2-0 ball game, and Nicholas Castellanos has a liftoff. And I got to tell you guys, look, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, but this guy has just been a beast. How many children have been named after him in the last month? Oh, man. I mean, when you look at his numbers as a Cub compared to his numbers as a Tiger, it's absolutely unreal. And... You know, we talked, I think, for two months about how the Cubs needed a spark. I mean, we would say spark, 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 not sparkles, but spark. And it's him. And, and he's probably the least likely spark uh, we could have guessed, uh, you know, even once he came over at the deadline. Yeah, I think when they made the trade, Kevin, they thought, yeah, he's a good bat. He's not very good defensively. He only hits lefties. And what we're finding out is he's been really solid defensively. He's been amazing for energy. And his bat has played righty, lefty, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I remember leading up to the deadline cap, everyone talked about how this guy was exactly what the Cubs needed, but just for those reasons. They weren't expecting him to be what he's been, which is maybe the best acquisition any team made during the trade deadline for the way what he's done for this offense. And what I love about the guy is he's been clutch. I mean, and I wonder if just he, – he was very open about the fact that he wanted to get out of Detroit. And I wonder if just the fact about being around a good team, being around guys that can hit, being protected in the order, is just helping lift this guy up, which is lifting everybody else around him. Well, I think it's a good lesson, too. You know, when you're a good player mired on a bad team, a lot of time you get into bad habits, you're just not right. Yeah, you're in yeah, a I mean, rut. I mean, I think back to Randy Johnson, the way his career ended with the Mariners. Do you remember this? He, he had an ERA of five. For, and then for went his, to Houston. And, and was, it was himself ridiculous. again. Ten yeah. and one down right. the stretch. Yeah, was himself again. And I, I think Cassianos is turning out to be a really good player who was stuck on a bad team. I will give you a more recent example okay. who leaving Detroit, mm -hmm. Justin Verlander. Yep. Yeah. Struggling in Detroit, bad team. Goes to Houston after the Cubs decided not to acquire him when he wanted to be here, and he's been a beast. And he almost said no. He, he needed his, uh, his wife to say, let's go do it. Right. Yeah. Once the Cubs said no, then she gave her blessing, and, 
Yeah, World Series title and another no-hitter. Later, he is a beast. Ben Zobrist came back last night, and while he may not be the Ben Zobrist at age 33 that the Cubs always wanted to acquire, this 38-year-old, right away his approach at the plate was different. He was grinding pitches, and you could tell he's just in a good place mentally coming back. And that's what you need for him to do, especially if he's going to be the top of the lineup like he was yesterday, is, is make those pitchers work, help out your guys around you. And, and when they had through all those offensive struggles, Cap, I was wondering, wow, were we underrating Ben Zobrist? Even though he's not a top-notch hitter, just him being in the lineup and doing what he does and attacking pitchers the way he does, it, it helps the guys around him in the order. I mean, he, he's a veteran. He's been doing this for a long time. He's He's obviously had some incredible hits. We know about the big one. Um, but I, I think just the idea of having him in there, and I wonder if there's also some kind of sense of familiarity for guys like Rizzo and Bryant and Baez, seeing Zobris where he's supposed to be, and that just makes everyone feel a little more comfortable. And this is why you're okay letting him sit out. I mean, obviously nobody wanted it to stretch out this long, but he's a pro. He knows how to do it. And the fact that he can come back and be himself immediately mitigates a little bit of that. You know, if he had come back and had to put himself through spring training for six weeks, uh, the way a lot of players would have had to do, it would have been a completely different story. All right, John Lester also battled through, and after the game, he talked about finding a way to make a pitch when he had to. He loaded the bases on three different occasions, including in the first inning. You know, walks Nola, he walks Seager, but they get the fly out, and eventually he's able to wriggle off the hook. But I will tell you this. It's a lot different walking the bases full or loading the bases and getting out of it when you're facing literally a triple-A team. This might be the worst team that I've seen in baseball. The Tigers are bad. The Orioles are awful. The Mariners are pathetic. And if you do that to the Nationals in a wild-card game, the Dodgers in an NLCS, the Braves in a DS, you're in big trouble. Weren't the Mariners good in April? <laughs> they, were really they got off to an amazing right, start. 10-3 like or something? 12-1. I wonder how – I'm curious how Lester views that start because I think there's still something to be said of working yourself into those jams and finding a way to get out of them, no matter who you're playing. You still have to try to get out of those situations. You're still playing – you know, guys who, well, triple-A guys, but you still have to get out of it. So it's possible that he looks at that start, I grinded through, I didn't give up a single run, good for the ERA, maybe not good for the whip, um, but, yeah, you can't do that. And you also, they need some of these guys to go into the seventh inning in the, play, in the playoffs. They, they got, I mean, I know the bullpen's been pretty good last week, but you got to try to get, especially someone like Lester's a workhorse, you got to get more than six innings out of him. you got to get to the seventh, even the eighth, if you can. I still fear that the days of Lester mowing through lineups might be over. Uh, you know, he knows how to pitch. He knows how to work through it, and that's a compliment to him. But I'm not sure we'll ever see him retire, you know, 15 in a row. I mean, it's... He's a different sort of pitcher as he ages. All right. Let's move on to the White Sox. Dylan Cease had perhaps his best start as a member of the White Sox. He hasn't been up that long, but he was really, really good against the Tribe last night. He was able to have his fastball command was good. He struck out 11. Look, he left a couple of guys on base, and then a reliever gave up a three-run home run, so two of those runs get charged to him. But I thought that was the best I've seen him. Breaking stuff was wicked. Fastball command was good. Velocity was 100. Yeah, this guy's a beast. Yeah, we've seen all these flashes from him, too, because he's had when he's had a bad start, he'll have one or two really good innings within that bad start, and then he'll have the bad inning. So it's nice to see him put it all together for a full game. I mean, that last night was one of those 
kind of dream games for the 2019 White Sox when you look at the, what he did on the mound and what Aloy did the plate. Because it's everything's about 2020 and 2021, and these are guys who are going to be really big parts of that. So it's good to see that for both of them. I just have no touchstone for strikeout numbers anymore. I mean, 10 years ago, if you would have struck out 11 and six and two thirds, they would have written a poem about you. Now it's just another day. And and I don't know how much stock to put into that. I, I mean, he's, the stuff is there for sure, but everybody strikes out so much now that I, I don't know whether that's an indication that he's dominating or, th or that everybody's just swinging for the fences, especially when you've got a lineup that's got Fran Mel Reyes, uh, Yasiel Puig, uh, guys who swing from their heels anyway. Yeah, Fran Mel Reyes is a monster. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know why the Padres got rid oh, of him. Oh, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Let's turn this into Padre talk. No, uh, they didn't think he could field this position, and uh, that's why you send him to the American League. Or he can be a DH. Anyway, the White Sox and the Indians tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. It's almost time. Just a little over 24 hours from now. Bears football's back, baby. So what will we see from Mitchell Trubisky in his second season under his head coach, Matt Nagy? And what will we see from the Packers offense? Because nobody has any idea. Ricky's boys don't quit, and neither does NBC Sports Chicago's coverage. Download the My Teams app by NBC Sports and get your White Sox anytime, anywhere. The wait is almost over. The Bears and the Packers kick off the NFL's 100 season, and we'll have it completely covered starting at 5 with a special hour-long Sports Talk Live on location from Grant Park at the NFL kickoff experience. Then at 6, Lawrence Holmes is your host for the primetime pre-show. As soon as the game hits zeros, flip back over to NBC Sports Chicago for the football after show with Lawrence, Lance Briggs, our guy Alex Brown, Matt Forte, and the newest teammate, the one and only Olin Cruz. All tomorrow night on NBC Sports Chicago and stream it all on our My Teams app. All right, we brought in the heavy artillery. Hub is here. I got three football gurus, and we're going to talk Bears and Packers. I have not been this excited for a football game since Mike Ditka was the head coach, other than the Super Bowl they played it. Uh, we were sitting the other night, and the news is on, and I'm working on the computer, and my wife's watching TV, and the promos come on, and I'm doing the game for Westwood, and she turns around to me, and she says, this is a pretty big deal, isn't it? You know? <laughs> and I said, yeah, this is a little bigger than anything we've seen in a while. And guys, I've been impressed by the national outreach that I've had from all over the country, people checking for interviews, wanting to do this, wanting to do that. It's not just in Chicago and Green Bay. This is a big, big football game. I mean, it's, it's amazing because you have everything around it. You have the 100th season. It's the opener for the whole NFL. And I think people are so intrigued by not just what Matt Nagy is going to do with the offense, the new players that we all see and we all talked about. I think the Green Bay Packers are one of the top storylines in the entire NFL this season. What is Aaron Rodgers going to do this year with Matt LaFleur? How does that new look defense look? Because, I mean, that is such an interesting quarterback-head coach combination, and I think that might have more national appeal than what the Bears have just because of Aaron Rodgers. And I think people are just fascinated by seeing that for the first time against an amazing defense. Well, and this is a time slot afforded the Super Bowl champion, usually. Usually there's not this kind of hype without something to back it up, as in, 
hey, we're going to, you know, uh, ring unveil ceremony our rings. or yeah. banner. So now it's all the hoopla without the substance behind it. It's still a very substantive game, but you're not the defending champion. It, it would it seem it feels a little weird, doesn't it? You know what the biggest part of it is, yeah. though, really, after, you know, going over it six ways to Sunday is that even with the coordinator change, which is bigger here in Chicago than it is outside of Chicago, everybody wants to see Khalil Mack and that Bears defense. I mean, that what they did last year with the 36 takeaways, you know, the, the what, four all pros, I mean, that's kind of the focus of this thing, and they want to see what they're going to do to Aaron Rodgers because most of these folks were watching the opener on Sunday night last year. Here's our Ankin Law Sports Talk Live poll question. How worried about you about facing the Packers' brand-new offense? A lot? Maybe a little, not at all. Go Bears. Go to NBCSportsChicago.com slash vote, and you can weigh in. Look, look, I'm a Bears fan. I've never hidden that fact. I want them to win. I hope they win 100 to nothing. But I look at the Packers. He's an amazing player. Devontae Adams is a phenomenal receiver. But please impart on me, who are the other really impactful playmakers that this team has? Does he need someone else yes last year at this time he didn't have anybody else and he came back like a monster from a monster movie and buried the bears they, he was i think in week one i thought they were a little bit better and the bears didn't know what they were yet i think i don't care what's around aaron Rodgers, and i really don't care what system he runs. he could go out there and draw plays in the dirt himself and he's aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones, I, I think, is somebody that they're going to lean on uh, more than we think, probably. Uh, I don't know whether he qualifies as your super talented uh, piece, but I, I think he's certainly going to provide a run game that they didn't have. You know, if you look at the stats from the opener last year, would they have something like 30 rushing yards? The Bears gobbled them up. I think they're going to try and establish the run a little bit. Is Geronimo Allison a better player with the Packers than he would be anywhere else? Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, these guys come to Green Bay. It's similar to what we've seen in New England over the years. These guys come and play around a legendary quarterback. But they weren't great last year. They weren't, but they, they're there to make plays here and there that maybe other guys, maybe they don't make those plays on other teams. I think Aaron Jones is an intriguing guy because maybe against anybody else, he might be a good player. But this Bears run defense, he had four carries for eight yards against them in December last year. I mean, I, I think we talk so much about the pass rush in Chicago. That run defense was impenetrable for most of the year last year, and everyone from that front seven is back. Yeah, I mean, the reason he had four carries in December is he's hurt his knee in both of the times he's played the Bears. Uh, I think you ignore him at your own peril. He led the NFL in average yards per carry last year, granted on only, what, 136, 138 carries. So can he be a heavy-duty back? Uh, I, I think the bigger issue, though, is really uh, Rodgers is going to make some plays. You know that. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Jones, he breaks one tackle, you got a big play, just like the long one to Randall Cobb last year. The real matchup here is Mitch Trubisky and the Bears' offense with this new Packer defense because I, for one, I don't know what you guys think, I'm just not that impressed with their free agency signings. I mean, they paid a lot of money for guys who have not been great players in, in, with their prior teams. You mean the Packers on defense? Yes. Yeah, oh, no, I completely agree with you, and it's so antithetical to what they do. Mm -hmm. it, it's just strange. I don't know that they got a star or even a Pro Bowl player out of the group or anybody who will make the Pro Bowl with them. You're right about Trubisky. There's so much mystery about this. You know, we haven't seen him throw a meaningful pass since the fourth quarter of the playoff game eight months ago. And, and it's hard to have a sense for exactly how sharp he's going to be. Last year when they did the same thing, he was sharp at first. And at the end, 
I mean, even he admitted that the drive at the end was not his proudest moment. And then he comes back in December and does a much better job of handling the Green Bay defense. And he showed that, that progress. And what's interesting what Pat said about the last time we saw Mitch make a meaningful pass, it was a great pass. I yep. mean, he's the reason. The Allen Robinson pass. Yeah, he's the reason well, Cody Park even had a chance. But Mitch's first half in that game is the reason that the Bears were needed to even make that comeback too. So we've seen both sides of him and there is this fascination. And I, I think the number one question I know I've gotten this year from Bears fans is what's the running back share gonna look like? What is Dave Montgomery's role gonna be? And that's I think what I'm most intrigued to see because if Dave Montgomery is who they think he is, mm -hmm. the way that we've all kind of talked him up and what we've seen, that makes Mitch's job hell of a lot easier for the rest of the season. I think tonight might be the last night David Montgomery can walk down the street anonymously. I think that he uh, is in line to be a giant part of their offense and a big star here. I want to see him do it on the field before I go there be, because sure. we're anointing a guy. I mean, normally at least the rookies play in the preseason. You right. know, um, I'm not doubting him. I, I think he's a really interesting uh, project. But I will tell you this. If Mike Davis doesn't pop one or two in the first half, David Montgomery is going to be the workhorse by the second half. That's what he was brought here for. I still am puzzled by the Mike Davis signing, to be honest with you, but we'll see. You know, may maybe they've got a perfect fit for the perfect scheme. I actually asked Matt Nagy about this yesterday. Uh, you know, it, was this a change because you needed to get better running backs? Three of your four are new. Did you make changes to your scheme because the run game didn't go so well last year or a little bit of both? And he said it's nothing against Jordan Howard. He said it's a little bit of both. And so I think we are probably going to see a few different wrinkles in the run game early this season, if not tomorrow night, that we didn't see last year. You know, Mike Davis has never been a featured back. I mean, even, you know, the second half of the season with the Seahawks last year, what, he averaged four or five carries a game, something mm -hmm. like that. Well, Chris Carson took over. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think his role is far closer to what it was last year than it is. To, uh, He's Benny Cunningham. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Record-wise, where do you have the Bears? I've got him either 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. I think you may, maybe you get lucky in a game, you win that 11th game. I think they're a better team than last year, but this schedule is, is brutal. Yeah, I'm also 10 and 6. Same thing as Hub. I think they're, gonna be, they're a better team. The offense will take a step forward. I don't know how many steps. I don't think the defense is going to take that many steps back that everyone's predicting. I think defense is going to be still the number one defense in the, in the league. Um, I just think that it's, it's so hard to win in the NFL, so I save it with 10 and 6. I think this year's team would beat last year's team nine times out of 10. I still think they're going to go 10 and 6 just because Injury luck, turnover luck, all those things, it's hard to replicate. And also there's this, since the Bears fired Mike Ditka, do you know how many times they've had back-to-back -back winning seasons? Twice. 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 Is this it, would be the third. There's one other piece, because I agree with Kevin. I think the defense could be number one again. It's going to be top three, top five. But you got to give Pagano a few weeks to get to know these guys. Whatever he's done during the offseason has not been in game speed. It hasn't been real NFL football. He doesn't have the sense that Vic Fangio had in year four of what his talent can do in certain situations, and he's going to need some time to figure that out. And that's why I expect the Packers to make a few plays tomorrow night. I just expect the Bears to make a few more. Score? Uh, I think, I, what did I put in the paper? 34-24. I went 2019 Bears. Whoa. 27-23 Bears. Two, two made field goals. Two all made field goals. Wow. And I've got them like 27-13, oh. something like that, 24-13, right in there. Eric Jones doesn't have to worry. He's officially in the NASCAR playoff field after he won in Darlington. Meanwhile, a legend of the sport has to win or go home. Scott Paddock here to get set for the last race before the playoffs begin. That's next on Sports Talk Live.
for Chicago Sports Talk with Sizzle. Crank up the heat and turn on STL. Host David Kaplan brings his no-nonsense opinion to the table every weeknight on the topics that are trending with our teams. Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. Weeknights at 6 on NBC Sports Chicago. Six finalists have been selected for the chance to see the Blackhawks play in Prague. You get to decide who makes the trip. Go to NBCSports.com slash AFAbroad and cast your vote and send a super fan to Prague. Chevrolet fans, get the Route 66 Raceway September 14-15 as the Super Chevy Show finally returns to Joliet. Fans can enjoy a bustling midway, swap meet, racing, and a judged car show. Get more information at Route66Raceway.com. Our guy, Scott Paddock, the president, joins us now on Sports Talk Live. We're one race away from a legend going home. Is that, is that amazing? Did you think you'd ever talk about Jimmy Johnson? <laughs> you know, 16 consecutive playoff berths, seven championships, one of the most decorated racers in history on the cusp of not making the playoffs for the first time in his career. So I guess the good news is, He's got one more shot at it, and it's at a racetrack that he's familiar with because he's visited Victory Lane four different times and kissed the bricks down at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He's got a new crew chief as of about a month ago, and they seem to be clicking. He had a very good run going at Darlington last weekend until he got caught up in a crash. So I wouldn't rule him out just yet, Cap. So here's the question, though, Scott. I mean, obviously he's not having the season that he's used to. I think we established he's 43 the last 44, time we talked. 44. Yeah. Um, I've seen baseball players, football players, basketball players, hit a wall. You know, one year they're a champ and then suddenly, does that happen in racing? It, it, it does and typically you see it in that mid-40 time frame. You know, your, your cognitive skills, your reaction time slows down a little bit. Uh, you've hit that wall a little few too many times and maybe you don't go wide. Yeah, hit a wall was probably it. the wrong <laughs> expression for me. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. <laughs> the wrong so, so there could be some of that. Now, Jimmy Johnson's a guy who keeps himself in phenomenal shape. He uses all the latest technologies, hyperbaric chambers, all of those things. He's a marathoner, so he keeps himself in phenomenal shape. But 44 is 44. It's not 24. How unusual is it to change crew chiefs with a month to go? Is this like the, you know, the, uh, the Mets bringing in, you know, new hitting or pitching coaches, you know, the Phillies, you know, bringing Charlie Manuel in, that sort of stuff? It's not typical, but I think they viewed it as a last-ditch effort to, you know, find some type of chemistry, some type of connection, some type of spark to make that last push. And he's got one more chance to do it this weekend. All right, we got to make our picks at Indianapolis this week. I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson. You know, I, 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 I might be a sentimental pick, but four-time champion there, a lot on the line, and this guy knows how to deal with pressure. I'm going to take Kevin Harvick. Not a bad choice. Okay. We had 13. Eric Jones is the 13th different winner this year. Yeah, and a lot of big names on the cut line this weekend. A lot of big names. So I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. All right. Good luck, Kevin. That's the luck. Guys, thank you. All right, that's a wrap for Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. White Sox Indians are coming up next. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Special kickoff time, 5 p.m. I'll be live from Grant Park. Go Bears!